24 declares, but let justice run down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream flowing abundantly. Welcome to our 10th episode in season two of Iona Speaks about defending self-justice, a platform used for us as women to hear how we can walk in our dominion through the power of voice and the strength of awareness. May this podcast bring hope through enlightenment for every listener on their journey to self-justice in Jesus' name. In the last nine episodes, we have heard a letter to my younger self. We've discussed excerpts from the poem On Children written by Khalil Gibran. We've discussed the influence on defending self-justice through historical trauma. We've discussed the power of motherhood, the honor and value of fatherhood the importance of living as your created being, the cost of a great education, the journey of mental health and the power of healing through grief. As I reflect back on these last two seasons, I am blessed, fortunate, and humbled to be revealed as his instrument of self-justice and feeling his strength through moments of vulnerability through the several different conversations that we've had. While God has done absolutely everything for me, I didn't realize how much him doing has grown and developed me into the transformed woman that I behold in the glass mirror looking back at me. It is God's image that I see, which encourages, enlightens, and inspires me into new dimensions of his grace and power. In the beginning of this year, when I asked Holy Spirit, what would be my word to live by? He gently yet boldly said, fearless. I have seen this word come alive in me as I have had to stand and make professional and personal decisions that would not just have impact in my life, but also in my marriage, for my children, and in the lives of those in my sphere of influence, even though some would never know me and I would never know them. I've seen how his strength has become more affirmative in me when faced with detrimental obstacles. I've been reminded of my Native American and African American ancestry I grew up knowing about that has helped me understand that being vulnerable is an uncompromising strength not to be taken for granted, but to be celebrated in love. In this celebration, I am thankful that I was created with the skin of a milk chocolate hue that might have stirred hatred in some, but passion from my creator, who says regardless of how the world might want to disregard and judge people by complexion rather than character, that is their loss because we are his royalty. I've come to recognize that being a wife to my husband, a mother to my children, a daughter to my parents, a sister to my siblings, and a committed friend comes with great joy in the midst of challenges. I've come to realize that stepping out with God is both one of the best and scariest things to do, because even when I have no idea how things will turn out, my trust is in him. I've learned to continually embrace that I am more than enough because I was created for purpose, even though others might never see it. I've come to see and perceive that I am not meant to have all of the answers. And when I don't, not to fall into the trap of self-condemnation, because it's okay not to be okay. 
So as we wrap up season two, I believe that Cicely Tyson said it best in her last chapter of her autobiography, Just As I Am, when she pronounced the following words to readers like me by saying, I often ponder what has happened to us as a people. I know the overarching plot line. I understand that our existence stretches back to the Nile River Valley when our ancestors erected vast kingdoms. Advanced civilizations the Europeans wrenched from our palms. I understand how our story eventually floated its way across the Atlantic on metal passage ships where black corpses, so-called cargo, were hurled overboard for sharks to devour. I am aware of the many ways in which 200 plus years of enslavement maimed us and in countless other ways it never could. I understand that any time we sought to rise as sharecroppers, struggling to earn our way to freedom in an unjust system, as workers laboring in the long shadow of Jim Crow, as aspiring homeowners locked into red line ghettos and thus locked out of wealth for generations. We've been repeatedly shoved onto our knees. What I find most troubling nowadays, given this history, is how little we seem to value ourselves. Centuries of abuse have taught us to regard one another with disdain, to treat ourselves with the same contempt plantation owners once held for us. What else can explain while some of us still use terms like nigger and whore when referring to each other? Why would we partake in narrative homicide of ourselves in films, in music, in books, in culture? It pains me. It also makes me aware of how acute our wound is and make no mistake, my dear children, whether or not we recognize it, you and I were born into a legacy of trauma. Just as surely we have inherited our foreparents' resilience. The wound festering for centuries morphs frequently in appearance. It has traversed through woods and swamps, navigated in darkness from the south to the north, and has presented itself right here in the present. Upon arrival, it looked a whole like fortitude, which it is. But beneath that brave face is another, one bruised and ailing, bloodied by the indignities of the journey. That wound in our times now manifests as self-injury. It shows up in behaviors, conscious and unconscious, that demean us. It appears in the form of sharp-tongued mothers more apt to take up their switches than to display tenderness towards their youngins. It rises to the surface as hypertension and anxiety and depression. It looks like Miles Davis trying to deaden a lifetime of agony with a cocaine high. It has revealed itself in my life over and over priming me to tolerate an abuse so achingly familiar in both my own story and that of my mother. No amount of black girl magic, no repeated proclamations of our worth could fully treat the wound, although acknowledging its persistence is a beginning. The ultimate remedy as I see it is supernatural. I look daily toward heaven 
for restoration, for spiritual healing. My true identity isn't rooted in our history, grievance and glorious as it is. It is grounded in my resignation as a child of God, the daughter of the great physician. In his care, I find my cure. My hope for you is the same one I carry for myself. I pray that amidst the heartache of our ancestry, you can grant yourself the grace so seldomly extended to us. I pray that you can pass that compassion onto your children and their children so that it slathers comfort on our sore spots. I pray that as a people, we can give ourselves a soft place to land. I pray even as we rightly express our fury as being regarded as subhuman, that we don't dwell in that space, that we don't allow anger to poison our spirits, that we embrace love as our own one true antidote. I hope too that you recognize your specialness, the distinctiveness that the creator has imbued us with. I see you as clearly as history has and in unison with that, I nod. I know that swivel in your hips, that fervor in your testimony, that ebullience in your stride, that flair in your song. The fact that others are constantly trying to diminish you, ever attempting to dismiss your talents, even as they mimic them, is proof of your uniqueness. No one bothers to undermine you unless they recognize your brilliance. More than anything, I pray that you can carve out a purpose for yourself, a calling beyond your own survival, a sweet offering to the world. You gain a life by giving yours away. Not everyone is meant to raise a picket sign, yet each of us can choose a path of impact. Rearing your children with affection and warmth is a form of activism. Honoring your word impeccably is a way to raise your voice. Performing your job with excellence, with your chin high and your standards higher, is a powerful, is as powerful as any protest march. Sowing into the lives of young people is as worthy and a worthy crusade. That is what it means to leave this world of ours more lit up than we found it. It's also what it means to lead a magnificent life, even if an unlikely one. The Father has a way of choosing the flawed to attempt what many deem improbable. So with that, I conclude this episode, and I trust that every woman and mother listening be empowered to walk in your dominion, in the strength of your powerful existence, as you realize there is value in your life through all of your redemptive experiences, so that you can become your own defenders of self-justice. Thank you for listening to season two of Iona Speaks about defending self-justice and have a prosperous and powerful week.